looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone, and great to be back on Pass the Post. It's the horse's birthday today, the first day of the new racing season, and we're back as well, ready to launch into... The big spring races uh, up in Sydney and Melbourne. It's all ahead of us. And the man sharing the uh, the pleasant duty with me is Ben Doris from News Corp. Back with us again for the spring. How are you, Ben? Yeah, good morning, David. Doesn't seem like much reason to celebrate in uh, especially southeast Queensland, which has been plunged into lockdown. But as you rightly point out, the horse's birthday. So we should at least... Uh, you know, give a three cheers to all the, uh, the horses out there that have uh, ticked over another year today. I'm always saying that uh, you and I... Well, no, I think you're the one saying to me we should have a blue one day if we disagree on something, but we're going to introduce something... Well, it's old but new, but it's new for past the post, but for my press room listeners, uh, many, of course, uh, like to express their views, agree or disagree with what we say. They might have some news, they might have an opinion. Love to hear from you. So we're, in, we're introducing the 0499 putter to pass the post from today. So if you've got a point of view about the racing yesterday... Um, agree with Ben, disagree with me, plenty will disagree with me, but uh, contact us. You can tweet us at Radio TABAUS or you can text us. This is probably the best way to go 0499 putter. That's 0499 786837. 0499 786837. And uh, I'm sure we'll get a few uh, views during the show, Ben. Yeah, no doubt. That's not my personal mobile number you've given out there, is it, David? Gee whiz, that'll be fun. I'll get enough abuse on uh, on, on Twitter, let alone on the phone. But no, I'm just joking. It's always good to hear punter feedback, isn't it? And uh, punters are what really make the industry go around. So we want to hear from you. We've got plenty uh, to talk about uh, regarding Eagle Farm. Of course, the last, as today is the first day of the new racing season, yesterday naturally was the last, and we're going to have a really good look at Eagle Farm because there's a bit to talk about there, and even with a view towards the spring. Of course, we had racing at Morfordville with the Lightning, Royal Ramwick, and also the Valley. We'll cover off, cover off on them as well. So a big show coming up. But first up, as you may have heard, that uh, Past the Post is now brought to you by Archer Park Racing, and... The Managing Director, Chris Wessel, has been kind enough to join me first up on the program. Chris, good morning. Good morning, David, and uh, good morning, Ben. Thanks for joining us this morning. Archer Park Racing, your, your mission statement or your vision, as we hear, is taking racing to the next level. Just tell us what Archer Park Racing is about and, and how you are taking racing to the next level. Uh, yeah, David, that's, that's, our, uh, that's our motto and that's, that's what we aim to do. And uh, we're, pretty, we're pretty fortunate that... First of all, we've got our own uh, property, spelling and pre-training property, and our aim is to get give the owners the opportunity to be, to be able to get up and close with their horses. So, ideally, we like to and we encourage our owners to come out and visit your horse and uh, have a look what goes on behind the scenes, give you a bit of insight into into the racing, and as well as that, as, apart from obviously number one priorities, having fun and getting out to cheer your horse on on race day, we also like to push a bit more of the social aspect of it with our owners and. Uh, a great opportunity for owners to mix with other owners and build plenty of friendships along the way. I've been saying for so long the the factor of ownership, getting more owners into the business is so important. If there's no owners, there's no racing. It's as simple as that. You can spin it whatever way you like, but that's the bottom line. No owners, no racing. But I've often found over the years that there, there are people who want to become owners, that they... they, they might watch a race at the pub or watch it at home or listen to it and say, oh, I'd love to love to be in that city, I'd love to be in that group of owners. 
but they're scared about knowing what to do. Have you found the same experience? Yeah, no, you're dead right, David. Uh, like people are keen and interested and wanting wanting to get into uh, the racehorse ownership and get a share in a horse, but a lot of times they just don't. There's a few things that they're not unsure about, so they think, oh no, will I? Won't I? No, I won't. Well, our idea is to which uh, we try to. Uh, get as much information as we can out to, to everybody via our website and uh, please feel free if there's still more questions you've got, just get on the phone to myself but as you said, without without owners we don't have racing so uh, yeah, with, with the Archer Park Racing name, that's that we're all about owners so please feel free, get on contact us if there's, there's something you're unsure of we, we want to bring as many people as we can into the industry that website is archerparkracing.com.au. What I like about this is, and uh, I know this man well, folks, he celebrates well, win or lose. So at the end of the day, even if it's a loss, you still enjoy the, the time with your owners. And I imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'd be right in saying that that since uh, Archer Park Racing developed, uh, you know, a lot of people have made new friendships through becoming owners of horses and meeting other owners. Yeah, definitely, David. And- and that's the idea of it. As I said before, the, the number one priority is, is getting there on race day and cheering home your horse. But that's not going to. Um, we'd all love to own a Winks, but uh, unfortunately, it doesn't happen to uh, to everyone. But so, if you can make it as good an experience on and off the track for owners, as you said, plenty of them make lifelong friendships through it. And uh, it, the idea is to to get people to to mix in and mingle with other fellow owners and, and have a great time. Let's say win, lose, or draw. Well, you've made a start trying another week, so at least the colours are the same, white and blue, so we've, <laughs> we've got a head start there. But look, we see those white and blue stars win all the time. Toby and Trent Edmonds train for you, Stuart Kendrick as well. However, as we're going later in the year, you're, you're starting to spread your wings, and Tony Gollum is going to become a trainer for Archer Park Racing as well. Yeah, that's correct. We've uh, we've uh, spent invested pretty heavily on the, the yearlings uh, this year through the sales, and uh, that's bulk of our horses we have at, moment, at the moment are all yearling, so obviously we, we haven't had the numbers of the races that we would have liked, but you'll you'll see plenty of the blue and white stars between now and Christmas. And, uh, yeah, we've got uh, 10 with Tony, so uh, hopefully we can get some of them and to the races shortly and have some fun. Well, he's been the premier trainer of the last seven or eight years, so you've headed in the right direction there. Look, thanks for coming on board with Pass the Post. Can I ask one thing before you go? You've got all these yearlings coming up. Can you name one Pass the Post? Can you do that for us? <laughs> I'll definitely, you know, if you and Ben jump in and take a share, we'll call it past the post. I, I knew there'd be a catch there. <laughs> I, knew, I knew I'd have to pay something. Good on you, mate. Thanks Thanks for this. And um, uh, as you've outlined, it is, it's a fun grip, and I, I know that firsthand. And, uh, if you want to find anything more about the horses, go to the website, archerparkracing.com.au. It's a very good website, very informative, and, and you can give Chris a call as well. Good on you, mate. Thanks for this morning. Thanks, thanks, David, and uh, really happy to support the, the program. And uh, you guys do a great job. And yeah, and uh, it, we want people to, if you're thinking about ownership, think about Archer Park Racing. So thank you, and keep up the good work. Wouldn't you like to hear that? And pass the posters bolted in. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to hear that? That'd be great. We'd, we'd really celebrate our. All right, I'll you work. give it a good call too. I'll work on it. See you later. There he is, Chris Wessel yeah. Johnny's. Now, Ben, uh, you're right for share. I hope. Oh yeah, <clears throat> Dave. I'm. I'm not on the sort of extravagant cash that uh, Radio Tab pay you. I'm just a battler doing my best. But, you know, I'm sure I'll be able to find a, a few shekels somewhere, maybe under the couch. Let's get into some racing action. We'll go to Eagle Farm yesterday and we'll firstly go to the James Squire Handicap. Emerald Kingdom, he missed out on a run in the glass house. It was five weeks between the Stradbroke and yesterday's race, but he was confidently back to win.
Heading by the 600 metres, Emerald Kingdom controlling it for as long as possible. Boom Sire is second, Scalopini moving up closer to that pair. Matawi just behind them, tracking Emerald Kingdom. Then came at the head of the other Sea Raider. Profit begins a run, but still five or six off them as they head for home. Down below the 400 metres, Emerald Kingdom leads away, trying to get away. Boom Sire sticking out on the outside. Then came Matawi, Scalopino now rallying to the task. He's running on strongly, Sea Raider. Profit wasn't doing enough. Emerald Kingdom with 100 metres left to go, the leader. Scalopini's running off the track, but he's running on well. Emerald Kingdom is still in front, getting close to home. Emerald Kingdom in front and one. Emerald Kingdom beat home Scalopini. Profit third, Sea Raider fourth. Then came at the head of the others, Sir Barnabas, followed by Boomsara, Matawi, Disillusion, Cruz. Well back was Beaufort Park and up towards the tail, Prometheus, with uh, all two Hoying. Emerald Kingdom winning there. It was his 11th win at start, 26, trained by Rob Heathcote. Rob's currently on holidays. Leah Kellner had the ride, and I think in the life of apprentices, there's, there's these days where you sit up and take notice. They might ride a treble or they, they, they might do something special. I think it was Leah Kellner's moment yesterday. She's been riding for some time, but we not only saw her partner, Emerald Kingdom of Victory, beautifully rated, but it was a carbon copy on Rockamore earlier in the day. Went to the front, slowed them down, sprinted them home, and... I'm sure it was a great day for her. And she's been kind enough to join us this morning. Leah, good morning. Good morning. How are you going? I'm well, and I'm sure you're well as well. <laughs> yes, most definitely. Tell us about um, uh, Emerald Kingdom. It's a great opportunity for an apprentice, whether you're an experienced apprentice or a new apprentice, to be riding a horse of that calibre. So you must have been delighted when Rob said, it's, it's your turn today. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I can't thank Mr Heathcote and just enough, you know, for the opportunity he gave me yesterday to get on a horse like him. It's just, it's unreal. Like, he's, you know, he's a group winner and he's just a magnificent-looking animal and he's just an absolute machine and he was just too good for him yesterday. And, Leah, you're based uh, in Ballina or you hail from from Ballina, but I I gather you're on a a bit of a short-term trial um, with Rob Heathcote. So you, you basically... Staying in Brisbane for the next couple of weeks. Obviously, we're we're in lockdown up here. Are you sort of basing yourself up here? And and tell us a bit about that that trial that you're, you're having with Rob. Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually in Grafton um, with my dad, Greg Kilner, who trains. And um, yeah, we just come up on a two week trial um, with the Heathcote stable. So luckily enough, I got up here before lockdown. So that was pretty lucky. And yeah, hopefully I'm you know hopefully I can do everything right and impress Mr Heathcote and I can stay on. So. We'll get through the two weeks and see how we go and hopefully, you know, it can lead to bigger and better things. You've got that three kilo claim. That's invaluable. One thing I noticed yesterday, now we've been seeing a lot of Emerald Kingdom here and he was a horse who used to get very, very stirred up. So much so he'd go out well before the other horses. But yesterday he was part of the team. He was part of the parade going onto the track. He didn't go out earlier and he looked as, as cool as a cucumber. He really was. He was an absolute gentleman. I couldn't fault him. He never turned a hair. You know, as soon as you walked into the yard, you could have just, you know, ran away and put your house on him. He just looked amazing. And it was so good to see him settle. And, you know, he's really come of age. The older he's gotten, just the better he's gotten. And, yeah, he was just an absolute gentleman for me yesterday. Apologies, Leah. I said you were, you hailed from Ballina. Of course, I meant Grafton. Um, <laughs> your background might be a little unfamiliar, I guess, um, you know, to some of our listeners, but but you were sort of born to be a jockey, almost, weren't you? You know, your you, your father uh, was a jockey who's now a trainer, and, and I think you're the great niece as well, a real racing stall down down in your area. So you must have been around horses from a very early age. 
Um, did, did you start off riding early or, or did your dad sort of hold you back a bit? Oh, look, I, I've done pony club since I was three. Um, I sort of, I never started track work until I was 18. Dad, you know, he really didn't want me to do it. Um, I was really good at school and both mum and dad wanted me to go to uni and whatnot. But when I turned 18, I remember walking up to dad and I said, I think you need to give me a go or I'll go somewhere else. So he had no choice, but he, you know, he finally let, let me on a racehorse. And then, yeah, I started track work and then got into my trials pretty quickly and, yeah, had my first race ride when I was 19. Leah, that name Kilner, is, as Ben alluded to, is a very uh, um, well-known and acknowledged name in the northern rivers of New South Wales. You mentioned Greg's your dad. Uh, Hunter Kilner, he's one I remember back in the 70s and 80s. Where does he fit in Hunter Kilner? Yeah, so he's dad's uncle. Yeah, so he's my great uncle. And, yeah, he's been an you know, amazing trainer over the years. And I think he trained 100 winners in a season. And they used to only race, you know, back on the Saturdays back then. And dad rode most of them. And, yeah, I've just, like I said, I think it's in the blood. And, yeah, I've just always, it's always this one thing that I've always wanted to do. So I've been really lucky to grow up in a racing family and just have great support behind me. Gee whiz, Leah, it's a, it's a competitive time to be uh, an apprentice riding in Brisbane, isn't it? I mean, there's obviously Cole Wilson Taylor, sort of, you know, the talk of the town, and, and Jaden Lloyd had a real, you know, day out yesterday riding Alpine Edge to victory. I'd imagine there must be a bit of uh, friendly friendly banter and, and, and rivalry between uh, between some of you guys coming up through the ranks. Yeah, definitely. Like Kyle and I, we both he was in Coffs Harbour, I was in Grafton, so we've done most of our apprenticeship down there together in the Northern Rivers and. And then Jaden's up here, and you know they're both great kids, and you know both brilliant young apprentices themselves. And it's quite funny. Jaden's like, I could have rode a treble if it wasn't for you. And I said, You're right. You just keep running seconds. <laughs> so no, I think it's going to be a very interesting season, and you know I think we're all we're all there to play a big part. And yeah, I think it'll be be an interesting one for sure. Certainly will be. Just before we let you go, we must mention the other winner, Rockamore. It's all about opportunity, too, isn't it? You've You've expressed your gratitude to, to Rob, Rob Heathcote. Tony Gollan put you on Rockamore, and I'm sure uh, uh, he would have watched that race and thought, well, you'll be riding for me more often because you rated him really well. No, thank you. He's just, an, you know, he's a lovely horse to do anything with. He just gave me an absolutely beautiful ride, and I can't thank, you know, the Gollan team enough. I haven't had a whole lot of rides for him, but the ones I've had, I've, you know, been able to get him into good positions, and there's been quite a few winners. So, you know, I you just can't thank, you know, the support I've had enough and you know if I can just get the more I can get I'll take every trip opportunity I can get so no, it's been really good and it was a great way to end the season and hopefully we can kick it off the same way. Exactly right thanks for your time this morning and once again congratulations on yesterday. No thank you really appreciate it. Leah Kilder joining us there this morning and Ben uh, I'll guarantee you one thing as a kid growing up if Hunter Kilder brought a horse to Brisbane uh, you wanted to be on because Northern Rivers trainers in those times, and, and Leah pointed it out, they only raced on Saturdays. There wasn't this profile now that Northern Rivers Racing has. So if a trainer like Hunter Kilner or uh, a few others there, just, just can't remember off the top of my head, if they came to a tab meeting in Brisbane, you treated with high respect, and more often than not, they, they got the money. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what I love about <clears throat> Leah? Um, she's so She's obviously been brought up very very well apart from the talent in the saddle she's such a, a polite and well-mannered young young kid and and even the uh, the mr heathcote references <laughs> i don't think i've ever heard rob heathcote called mr heathcote by any jockey but obviously she's uh, she's been brought up 
fabulously well. So, no, and and you know what? That that is a big thing sometimes, isn't it? Because as much as yeah, you know, there's a million talented jockeys, but you've got to be good with trainers and 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 owners and the media as well. So that's a real real string to a bow at a young age. You make a good point too when talking to Leah. It is going to be a a keen battle with uh, these apprentices, Lloyd, um, uh, Wilson, Taylor. Throw Leah into the mix as well. It's it's going to provide some good copy for you, I reckon, over the next few months. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I love, and we'll talk about Alpine Edge's winner a little later in the show, but I love what Jaden Lloyd said after he won on that horse. He said, look, he said, everyone's talking about uh, this Kyle Wilson Tyler. Yeah, all good and well. Hey, but don't forget about me. I'll give him a, you know, a, a fair old run for his money in this next riding season. I'm here to challenge him. So, look, when you've got uh, rivalry like that from, from young kids coming up through the ranks, oh, I just love it. And, of course, it depends on, doesn't it, the, the support they get from trainers. But, uh, you know, Leah Kilner's, you know, ridden for Rob Heathcote, Tony Gollan yesterday, two group one winning trainers. Uh, Jaden Lloyd's doing a lot of riding for, you know, Toby and Trent Edmonds and Kyle Wilson-Taylor is going to get rides from pretty much everyone, I reckon. So it'll be, um, yeah, really intriguing to watch. And there's lots of options there for trainers wanting to claim uh, with their horses with um, with good up-and-coming jockeys in the new racing season. Yeah, Leah had 13 Metro winners when the season concluded yesterday. Well, you've provided the perfect segue to our next replay. Let's have a listen to Alpine Edge. He was first up and uh, he was pretty well fancied in the market. He ran the favourite. In the home straight now, 300 left to run. Enterprise Pump giving cheek leads away. Princess Bojack having a crack on the outside. Then came Barista Sister. Alpine Edge now shifting to the centre. Still with two legs to make up. Princess Bojack on the outside. On the inside, Enterprise Pump. Running on fairly Alpine Edge. Needs to get a bit of a lift. Here he comes now. Here comes the favourite. Alpine Edge. Up he goes. Home he went. And he was too good for them. He beat home Enterprise Pom, Princess Bojack, Barista Sister, then Startotes, followed by Zayfeld. Well back was uh, Finn Seal, Jumbo Gold, you'll be missed, and Avalante last over the line. Alpine Edge, yes, he got the money. Jaden Lloyd riding, as we outlined, for Toby and Trent Edmonds. He ran $3.20 and favourite, and he was firm in the market. First up yesterday, Toby Edmonds joins us now on Pass the Post. How are you, Toby? Morning, Dave. How are you? I get the chance to watch you uh, from my vantage point. I reckon you were a bit toey before that race yesterday. Yeah, look, <laughs> battle's been going ordinary, actually. So, um, you know, a nice cult like this is resuming and uh, hoping every... Look, you look to be going good at home. Um, always race day press is the, the, the telling factor and for him to perform yesterday was just a monkey off my back or our back, you know. Um, as I mentioned, Stubbs been going average, so it's good to get that win away and um, hopefully we can move on. Toby, I gather one of the reasons for the, the stable, as you say, maybe going a little bit average, which you had a bit of a, a virus sort of sweep through the place, um, you know, at, at some point. Um, can you tell us a bit about that and, and also whether that impacted uh, this impressive, you know, horse's preparation at all? No, he, he, he comes through at clean skate. So, yeah, you're right. We, we have had a bug go through our place, um, which we identified a few weeks ago. And we've been, you know, the star, stable staff and, and Trent and I have been working around the clock trying to um, uh, get them back to full health, which, you know, they're not actually sick. You know, they, they, they look great, they eat great, they work great, but um, they haven't performing at the, at the races. There's just something, there was something in, the, in their blood that wasn't, um, wasn't quite right. And we've vaccinated now for that and um you know the second vaccination this weekend so they should be clean and clear you know going forward it may still take another couple of weeks but um 
well on the road to recovery, I think. And, um, you know, and we're in a bit of a rebuild stage too as well. We've got a lot of young horses coming through and a lot of horses there have probably met their mark and, and we need to we need to move um, move on and, um, you know, uh, we'll be doing that in the next few weeks. He advertised his potential during the summer. He won the, the, the listed feeling ready, the Group 3 Bruce McLaughlin, second in the Magic Millions. They're great form lines. You took him to Sydney. He wasn't disgraced in the Todman. Uh, was it a hard decision to miss the winter with him? No, it's not for me. Um, I would I would have loved not to have gone to Sydney, to be truthful. I, I, um, you know, with a cult like that, that's that's obviously ran second in the Magic Millions and the slipper sitting there, you know... Um, I suppose you get a lot of... I didn't get much pressure from the owners, but, you know, you know in the back of your mind that, that if things fall into place, the horse is worth a bit of, a, a lot of money for everyone involved. So that's in the back... was in the back of my mind. That's why, why we went to Sydney. But, you know, realistically, um, I should have just spelled him and, and waited for waited for now and then, then um, planned, him, planned his preparation uh, around, around his three-year-old sort of spring. And um, that's what I should have done instead of, went, instead of going to Sydney. What uh, what is planned for the for the spring? Well, two prong question, Toby. What is planned for the for the spring um, for this guy? And also, gee whiz, that was a wonderfully cool-headed ride from from Jaden Lloyd, wasn't it? And uh, I'm assuming he's only going to have a, a bigger role to play in your stable going forward. Uh, look, Jaden's been in and around our stable now for quite a few years. Um, he worked for us uh, when he came out of school. Uh, then he went to South Africa to the academy there, so that's a bit of a bit of his background. Then, then Jeff brought him home and sent him straight to Melbourne, where he was with David Hayes for a while. Then, then went out to Ballarat, and so he's had had good grounding, you know. Um, and you know, I think he showed uh, yesterday. Jaden showed um, most. First of all, most most times we put a kid on playing three. You know, we like the horses up out of out of the road, so there, you know, there's. Um, there's not many mistakes they can make. You know, yesterday he came out and said to me, he said, look, I don't think there's much wrong with the inside. Can I, I'd like to go up the fence and then come out a little bit in the straight if I can. You know, he executed that really well. Mm. Um, so he came out with a plan and he showed, he showed good, um, uh, I suppose, you know, most senior jockeys do that sort of stuff, not, not, not kids, you know. He sort of, I, I thought he would have been waiting for me to give him instructions, but he came out and told me what he wanted to do. So I was really, really pleased that, that he'd done his homework Probably got a bit of um, bit of help from uh, Robbie Fred as well, who was in the background, who was going to ride him if he didn't get too much weight. So, uh, you know, good credit to all, all involved in that one. So, so what is the, the path you're going to plot with Alpine Edge now? Well, you know, obviously he's a magic man, three-year-old, and and that sort of makes that sort of makes sense. But you know, uh, to make a call out of him, and if if that's what the owners want to do, you know, sort of got sort of got to look at the Sydney Spring or the or the Melbourne Spring. To me, he looks like a miler, so the quarter again, he sort of fits. Whether he's good enough in that, I'm not sure, but he can he can go to Sydney and run the Ming Dynasty in a month's time and then possibly, if he runs well there, he could go to Melbourne and get ready for the Caulfield Guineas if he, if he was good enough. So, But it'll, it'll be all completely up to him how he performs from now, you know. The magic means three-year-olds always in the background. We can always come back to that. But right now, I try to make a cold out of him, and um, if we can do that, it's uh, good for everyone. Toby, just a quick update on <clears throat> a couple of your, your, your stars. Um, the Herovian, um, what's doing with him? And I also noticed uh, the Stradbroke winner from the year before has been transferred back to his original trainer uh, in North Queensland. I'm talking about Tyzone. Um, can you just fill us in on both of those? 
Okay, so the Raven spelling still. Uh, he'll come back and be prepared for the summer. He, he's having a good break. Um, and Tyzone has gone home to County Media three or four months off. And I see he's in um, uh, the other trainer's name. I'm not sure what's going on there, but um, he's, he'd be well weighted out of anything up there, I would think. So I'm not sure what, what, the, what the plan is with him, but um, he should be coming back down here and getting ready for something through the summer as well. Toby, before we let you go, I, I appreciate your frankness earlier on when you said, and in your own words, the sable's been going ordinary, and it, it takes a bit of a man to admit that, but you always call it as you see it. I will say one thing, haven't there been a hell of a lot of seconds? And you must think to yourself, is this ever going to end? Yeah, we seem to have those um, those runs, David, and, and uh, you know, you sit here waiting for acceptance time to, acceptance time to come through, and, and um, like yesterday we had... Um, five runners over over three races, and um, you know the one we wanted to draw soft draws towards the outside, and that seems to happen a lot. Um, I'm not, and it probably does to every other stable. I'm not watching every other stable; I watch my own. And um, we get a lot of bad draws, you know, important bad draws too. You know, so normally normally things that are first up that might need a run or two to to, to you know get into form, they normally draw draw softly and the ones that need to draw softly always draw wide so you know you have those runs all trainers do but um you're right the seconds if we can convert them we uh, our strike that's not too bad well to use your words again as we uh, we conclude the interview you got the monkey off the back yesterday just before i do let you go and i think this is important to point out that the past the post is now presented by archer park racing you're one of their leading trainers uh you've seen these owners and i think it's a great concept and you've had a lot of success for them yeah, we have. You know, they're, they're great clients of ours. We support um, we support their farm as well as they support us with um, with a lot of horses, their horses to train. And um, you know, Mark McLean, Chris Wessel, Maddie Henderson up the farm does a great job, fantastic job. They've got the, they've got a great complex up there. Um, they've got a lot of lot of you know great owners. You know, they love the social side of the social aspect is really really important. And um, you now we enjoy training them. We have a good. Uh, Probably haven't got a great horse for him at the moment, but that'll happen. You know, it's only only a matter of time before we find it, before they find another good one, and um, just hope we're going to keep training winners for them. Well, I'm working on Chris to try and get one of the new ones called Past the Post. So, you, you've you've got his ear. Get it, get into his ear. Will you get that done for us? Could you do that for? I him? think I, I think that'll be an easy one to get over the line, mate. <laughs> yeah. And let's hope it's first past the post. Hey, good on you, and I'm glad that the the. Uh, we won't go the early crow and say it's all turned around, but Alpine Edge was good and we look forward to the spring with him. Thanks for your time. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. There is Toby Evans joining us. And, and Ben, you know, I, I like when people call it as, as, as it happens. They, they've, they have had an ordinary couple of months. It, it's, there's, no, there's no spinning that at all. Yeah, absolutely. And just before we move on from that race, well, I mean, Alpine Edge, uh, there's no excuses for anything else. But gee whiz, I'll tell you what, for the future, that second place filly, Enterprise Pom, just coming off a um, you know a maiden win, having a second race start, did so much wrong. And you know, gee whiz, I thought she was really, really brave to 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 run second, uh, the Mick Lakey filly. So I think she might have a bit of a future date. And just on a, a point that. That Toby raised regarding Jaden's Lloyd, and it was a great run. And, and the key to it was that that cutting the corner, saving the ground, and then shifting about five or six off. It raises a broader point that yesterday it wasn't going wide. In the end, they were all hunting for the rails. So the the whole dynamics of the Eagle Farm track that's come under so much scrutiny changed dramatically yesterday. 
Yeah, it was a sort of a weird old day, wasn't it? I mean, they were all trying to obviously follow the pattern of the last few meetings and get wide early on, and, and then some sort of ducked through the middle and came up along the inside. I, I didn't quite know what to make of it. One thing I will say, um, I loved, 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 loved what what Toby said about Jaden's almost Jaden giving instructions to Toby, if mm. you don't mind, saying, you know, that the young kid. Um, you know, being brave and bold enough to, to say to the Group 1 winning trainer, this is how I want to ride your horse. And, and as Toby said, you can expect that from a senior rider. But gee whiz, I mean, that that's very, very impressive, isn't it? And look, as for the Eagle Farm track, um, I personally wasn't there yesterday with the, with the lockdown um, hitting. I chose to stay at home, obviously, um, watched all the races very closely on um, through Sky Racing. But there will be an important meeting, obviously, on Thursday, um, between industry participants um, to decide on the next step. Obviously, it has been front and centre with a fair bit of controversy in recent weeks. So perhaps after Thursday, we may have a little more clarity going forward. Let's go to the last race of the day, the last Metro race of the season. Eloquently, she was chasing six straight wins. Tough task to do it, but she did it. Here's the replay. In the early part of the straight, Princess Tenko leads the way. Eloquently diving for the rail. Rich Lister putting in a good claim. Then Phantom Quarter. Dubai Pride, Bad Barista. They're running on down the outside. Eloquently is burrowing up on the inside. Lady Bamps getting a split. Dubai Pride still there. Eloquently has got it narrowly. Lady Bamps going to be in danger. Dubai Pride trying to get the pair. Eloquently's in for the fight. In for the final, right? Eloquently. Six in a row. Beat Lady Bamps, Dubai Pride. Photo fourth, Princess Tenko or Phantom Quarter. Then came at the head of the others, Bad Barista, Bald and Lucy, Real Empress, Little Miss Pixie, Rich Lister, Well Back Cinderella, Scissorhands, Togs, and Melissa Miyamichi, last over the line. I'm sure Steve Tregay went home with a big smile on his face. What a great end to the Metro season for the stable itself, but to, to win the last Metro race with a filly who made it six straight wins. It aims eloquently. And Steve, Steve's on the line. Steve, good morning. Yeah, morning, David. And it was a good finish of the day, wasn't it? Great, great. Yeah, couldn't couldn't be better from our point of view. Good start and good finish. You won the first with Champagnardi. This filly eloquently, like it's never easy. It's never easy to win a race, but she's won six in a row now. Has she exceeded your expectations? Oh, absolutely. Um, she's a filly with a pedigree, and we did race a full sister to her a little while ago called Rhyming, who's now uh, a broodmare with us. Um, she she in the early days and her sort of two year old days was was pretty slow actually. Um, we gave her a few trials and jump outs and um, we were incredibly disappointed with her. I remember saying to somebody, "This is one of the slowest horses." There was another one as well, and I said, this, "These two horses are the slowest horses I've ever had. I can't work out what's wrong with them." And so we put her in the paddock for uh, six months with a view to maybe just selling her online or something. Um, and then when we brought her back, she just gradually improved. You there, Ben? Take your, yeah, Steve, they were prepared to take your filly on yesterday. She was $2.30, I think, out to $2.80 on the backup. Were you, um, you know, as confident uh, as you were the week before, or what were your sort of confidence um, levels going into it? Because they were, the, you know, the punters were prepared to take her on, and they ended up with egg on their face. Yeah, a little bit they did, but... Um... Yeah, a little bit, but um, no, I, I'm never supremely confident because things can go wrong. But um, you know, she, she, the two things that worried me most about her were the, uh, that she hadn't had that much weight in, in the early days. The first couple of wins, we were worried about 
keeping the weight off her and claiming and and you know, trying to put her in the right races that that she could possibly win. Um, but no, the, the track I suppose she hadn't been there, but she'd handled Toowoomba, which is a similar track, and the weight were the two things that I most thought could bring her undone. Also, she was well drawn, and um, you know I thought she might get stuck on the inside there and not be able to to um, come through. But she she's done all that. She's passed Mark on all those things now. Yeah, that was the next point I was going to make, Steve. She's ticked a few important boxes there. She went to 1,300 tick. She carried weight tick. I loved her determination. They, she wouldn't let them go past. I imagine, uh, but correct me if I'm wrong, that's the end of the road as far as this campaign's concerned? Yeah, she'll be at the farm now for quite a few weeks. Uh, yeah, she she deserves, deserves it, I think. And, and what do you look towards now with her? Because, as you said, she's exceeded your expectations, what, what what do we look at now in the spring? Well, summer carnival, I guess, up here. So the timing's right. Um, so she can have a month or so off and then we'll, we'll get, her, get her going again. Steve, it's impossible to have you on the show without asking about um, your Melbourne Cup favourite, Incentivise, and Caulfield Cup favourite, if you don't mind. The great news was uh, <laughs> he got down to Peter, Peter Moody's place uh, safe and well during the week obviously you're still um you know basically controlling owner um and so i'd imagine you'd have a fair say on on what happens i gather you you're very close to narrowing down a, a jockey perhaps for the spring and i know glenn boss is is one of them that's being talked about can you shed any light on on whether that decision is, is sort of um is imminent Probably a bit early to say because we haven't really had a discussion about it. Peter and I had a little quick talk about it, but um, he's not in a hurry to make a decision, so we're just going to see what happens. But really, it's early days yet, but um, I think some of the jockeys, the Sydney jockeys, need to quarantine in Victoria. So they're, you know, wondering from that point of view so they can get themselves organised. But um, I think, you know, in the next week or so, maybe we'll have to have a serious talk about it. Most uh, trainers would see a horse leave a stable, which is not only now a top liner, but could go even further with a, a big sad look on their face. But but from your point of view, and I think you've alluded this, uh, alluded to this uh, over the last few months, is there a bit of relief now that you don't have to do everything? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm more than happy to hand him over to Peter. He's got the runs on the board. He's with those big races. The horse, I think, has got to be there. If I tried to travel him, I'd have all the problem of when do I go and, you know, my, my stable, unlike some of the others, uh, the biggest stables is not sort of set up with their network to um, swap them around uh, state to state. So, you know, to me, it's a, it's quite a relief, yeah. Do you, do you wake up in the morning and just, uh, I don't know, sh- shake your head? I mean, do, like a few months ago, if I'd have told you you'd be waking up tucking into your cereal in the morning with the Melbourne Cup favourite, you would have said I was completely mad, wouldn't you? I mean, it's just quite... Yeah, yeah, I would have. Yeah, yeah, I would have. I, yeah, I can't, you know, I can't believe the runway having, to be honest. It's, uh, it's not only him with the others, it just everything seems to have fallen into place. But, um, you know, the racing's like that, isn't it? You go along for uh, months and months, years, sometimes with everything going wrong and then all of a sudden, Things just start to fall into place, and away you go. But um, we've had a better run this time than, you know, in terms of consistency and things not going wrong than we've ever had before. Yeah, it swings and roundabouts. So whilst you're enjoying the good times, you, you, you certainly hang on to them and uh, 
and hope they can go as long as possible. Just before you go, uh, it, the Windermere stuff, that's, that's your banner. How many broodmares do you have there at the moment? We've only got five mares to foal this year. Um, we'll have about 12 to make this year. We haven't really worked it out yet, but um, we have somewhere between you know, 10 and 15. Fair enough. Of course, um, eloquently, is out of the mare Answer Me. She she was good. She she wasn't overly raced. I, I, I think I recall her getting through her classes, but probably just struggled a bit at the top level. Yeah, so, uh, Jason Sharp, when he was riding here, won a couple of races on her. Um, she was a Saturday winner in town. She used to go hard and lead. Um, but she's a full sister to Binding, who won the Sandown Guineas. It's a horse we sold through the Sydney sales quite a few years ago. And he was out of a mare called Open Question, uh, who's you know one of the blue hen mares that we had for a while. She was the dam of Arborea, Paris Dream, and quite a few other really top horses many, many moons ago. So, you know, she's a filly with no black type under the first stand, but um, maybe she'll be the one to get it. It's chapter close for her eloquently, but in stark contrast, Champagne Artie has just kicked off her campaign. She was beaten a, a nostril first up. She got the job done yesterday. How far do you think she can go? Um, not all that far. Um, she's a she's a nice mare, but she's got a few personalities. She, she's, a, she's a kicking thing, and she kicks in the box, and uh, she's broken a splint bone and a hind leg a couple of times. It's just her thing. She, she's quite a nice mare, apart from these couple of issues. She just kicks, and she can't have a horse next to her in the stable, so she takes up two boxes. Um, she tends to want to run with her head out and look like she's hanging worse than she is, so consequently she loves the rail. Um, that was the big concern with yesterday, whether the race was just going to pan out and whether they might all go to the outside and she might be left on her own out in the middle of the track, which which wouldn't have been ideal for her. Um, but, I mean, I think she'll win a few more races, but I do recall a mother getting to a stage. Her mother's a full sister to the dam of Nicanova, and the Nicanova's mother was um, a bit more placid, had a far better demeanour about her. This one's mother was a, was a bit of a cranky bugger too, and she got to the stage where she didn't want to. When I remember um, at the Gold Coast one day, the caller saying, you know, she just wants to be a mother, this thing. <laughs> so she quickly was. <laughs> yeah, I think she won four races, Dame Princess. Thanks for your time this morning. I'm sure we'll chat, hey, at, sure, sure we'll chat at some stage during the spring. You, you've got a lot to look forward to, and, and you yeah. can look back on the last season with a lot of pride. Thank you. Steve Tregay. Joining us this morning here on Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Let's have a listen to a couple of more replays before we take a break. We'll go to race seven, Triple Ace. The bookies wanted to take this one on as well. 2.35 out to 3.30, but did go off favourite. Travelling to the turn, 500 left to Rana. We bought a zoo trying to lead all of the way. The favourite triple aces, nice and handy as they turn into the straight. Then came Dipmas, followed by Alexa Cattersby. Royal Hail being called upon. Jesui Bell with some work to do. Triple ace on the outside going after We bought a zoo. The others aren't making too much ground. Jesui Bell battling away with Royal Hail. We bought a zoo still kicking. Triple ace hasn't got it as yet. They're at the 100 metres. We bought a zoo in front. Triple ace trying hard. Them Jesui Bell and Royal Hail. Triple Ace now after We Bought a Zoo and got up. Triple Ace laid the law down late. Beat We Bought a Zoo. Jesui Bell third, fourth Royal Hail. Then Ditmas followed by Cattersby, Vinko, Elixir, Xanthus and Admin Boy last home. This is the sort of horse you want to own, Ben Dorries. Ten starts, five wins, five placings. Never out, out of the top three. No complaint from owners there. 
No, it just goes to show, doesn't it, that horses don't know their prices. They couldn't write a ticket um, for this horse. Basically, just ease the knees, the knees, the knees. But look, <clears throat> I guess what that race showed me was that although Triple Ace is still uh, learning his craft, gee whiz, there's a, there's a terrific motor there and, and a real improving type, maybe sort of a, a preparation away, I guess, from being a black type horse um, potentially. But um, yeah, another one they were prepared to take on, um, but they got wrong. Yeah, I, I got it wrong too. I, you couldn't ignore his form, but I thought he might be a bit suspect at 1,200. It turned out the other way. And, and Andrew Mallion... Uh, released uh, the um, explanation for it post-race when he said the other day he was left as a sitting shot. He said, this horse likes to chase. And he said he, he had something to chase with We Bought a Zoo and it was there for all to see. He chased down hard and, uh, as I said, laid down the law late to get the price. So he's a promising four-year-old now with a good future. Let's have a listen to the... We listened to eloquently. She was in the Phillies three-year-old. Let's have a listen to the male section and a roughie gets up here. At the turn, 4.50 left, Arana and Bondi Bow shifting its ground, straightened in the lead. From on the outside, Boom Spender and Bohemian Boomer. Super gorgeous all of a sudden. Presents outside that trio. Hey, Big Splendor, Jenny. Way beyond getting up to the inside and running on fairly well with safe work. Boom Spender at big odds reached a clear lead. Way beyond's running on. Bundy and Co. goes back to the inside. Boom Spender's got the lead. Currently, he's in front with 100 to go. They're coming left, right and centre. Bashani Epic right along the inside, but Boom Spender beat home either Jenny or Mashani Epic with way beyond close up they're followed then by super gorgeous Bundy and Coke then came at the head of the others was Bohemian Boom Gdansk this was the race where it was the first clear sign they were all rushing back to the rail it was very bunched there at the end and Boom Spender $31 for Desley Forster and jockey Jim Burnbed yeah, and you're right. Uh, a lot of them were sort of looking to get to the inside, but I think this was a bit of a halfway mark in the program. There were still some jockeys trying to get to the outside. They were just all over the place. They didn't kind of really know where to go in search of uh, the best ground. But, you know, I, I must admit I couldn't have found Doom Spender, but the blinkers went on. Um, listening to Des Force to post-race, you know, the first couple of runs, um, you know, this horse is pretty, pretty chubby and the condition just gave in. So, look... She certainly gave Boom Spender a chance. Not many did. Um, but Desley's always a popular winner, isn't she? And she loves a, uh, a little post-race celebration. So good on her. She is a popular uh, uh, trainer. And, uh, yes, she she wears a heart on her sleeve. But um, she thought Boom Spender... I listened to her post-race there talk with Bernie Cooper and she said the horse had taken a little while to, to, to trim down, so to speak. I know a bit about that. So uh, he got the job done <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> London Banker. Very good from you. Yeah, yeah, very honest too. London Banker and Secudo were the other winners of the day. Just before we go to the break, it was the end of the racing season. Great to see Jimmy Orman, the state's leading rider, 126 wins on the Metro front. Ryan Maloney came out in front on top with 77 and no surprises in the training side of the equation. Tony Gollum was the state's leading trainer, 166 wins and 103 of those we're in the metropolitan area, which saw him secure another title. This is Past the Post for Archer Park Racing. We're back in a moment. This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. The feature of the last day of racing in Adelaide is always the lightning. It used to be the Dermody many years ago, but the lightning, it's an interesting concept. It's a two- and three-year-old combined race over the short trip of 1,050 metres. Let's have a listen to yesterday's race. 
They speed to the 6.50 metre point. Estelar Rocker from Dirty Thoughts. Maha's out three wide. Zushine fourth, three from the speed. Followed by Bo Rossa. Then came Peggy Celine. She's struggling to get through the ground. Parlophone to the outside. Bolsonaro, Larimer Street. The other two have got a bit to do, but it's Estelar Rossa. Bo Rossa's cruising up in behind. Estelar Rocker. Bo Rossa's showing a touch of class. Maha Zushine, then Dirty Thoughts and Parlophone. Phone, but Bo Rosser swept to the lead. Could this be a defining moment for Todd Pannell? Bo Rosser strikes in the lightning. Bo Rosser by two lengths to Parlophone. Esther La Rocca, Maha Na Lee. Then Kong, Larimer Street, Dirty Thought, Zushine, Bolsonaro and Peggy Celine. As Brett Davis pointed out and quite accurately too, it was a defining moment for Todd Pannell. It went right down to the wire but on a countback... On seconds, Todd Panel rested the uh, Metro Jockeys Premiership of Jess Eaton, a nail-biting finish. Panel winning on with 63 wins, but more seconds. And uh, Will Clarkin trains Bo Ross, and we can't catch up with Will this morning. would have liked to have, but Ben, this horse looks to have a bit of a future. Yeah, absolutely. And the dynamics of this race were fascinating. It was run on an absolute slop of the track. It was a heavy 10. And Will Clarkson didn't know whether he was... He was thinking of scratching. Uh, you know, in, in the hours leading up to the race, he was going to scratch. He wasn't going to scratch. He didn't probably think it was the right thing to do to run this horse on the, on the absolute slop. But I think what actually convinced him potentially to do it, which is a bit of a strange one in a way, Todd Pannell was obviously... Um, riding this horse, and if he had scratched, um, Todd Panel wouldn't have won the, the, the premiership, as mm. it turns out. So he wanted to give uh, Todd a chance to win the premiership. He thought, oh, gee whiz, we'll take a risk and run this horse. He knew the horse had a huge engine, the final black-type race of the season. So he thought, do you know what? We'll just we'll just run the horse. Yeah, no, I don't think there were any huge expectations. I mean, they, they would have been probably listening in the way the way things some things up post race would have been happy for an honest second or third. But gee whiz, this horse ran really really well, and got to have some sort of future. And don't forget, this is the race in 2018 was won by Nature Strip and mm. Sunlight ran second, so it can produce um, a, a good horse this race. So Bo Rosser. Um, certainly now we know no problems on the heavy either. So um, be interesting to see where where he goes with um, with this horse. Always an important box to tick if you can win on the heavy. You know that uh, wet or dry, you'll be competitive. He, he's uh, relatively lightly raced. I think he's had ten starts for five wins. He went to Melbourne earlier in the year and he spaced them. It wasn't a, a, a low key race, but probably the good was Goodwood was a bit all too much for him. This preparation that was his last run, in fact, before yesterday. So. He goes towards his four-year-old campaign looking good. We mentioned Todd Paddle winning the Metro Premiership. Same story on the statewide front. He rode 106 winners. Your trainer, or your trainers, uh, Tony and Calvin McAvoy, they came up trumps on the state front, training-wise with 62. And Michael Hickmott was the uh, winning tra- was the leading Metropolitan trainer with 40 wins. We've been talking about ownership this morning. How's that mare of yours going? Was it Goolagong Miss? Yeah, Gulagong Rose. She's Rose. Uh, turned five, and she's only had five starts. The poor thing. So look, she's uh, she's um, 
is they can there's always something going wrong with her as you know uh, david the horse ownership's a frustrating thing she's got a fair bit of talent i think but uh she's had two wins from five starts and uh, as i say she turns five one thing i will say just in regard to that uh premiership you may have a different view uh to me uh, you know with this one we might have a blue here i don't know but this uh premiership being award to uh todd panel i mean good luck to him but hang on, wasn't it all square? This countback thing's complete rubbish, isn't it? I mean, he's he's got the he's got the nod because he's ridden more seconds. I mean, who cares? I mean, shouldn't it just be a tied premiership? What do you think? I think so. See, I, I'm trying. Well, you're to dis- agreeing with me? I'm this try- is outrageous. I'm trying to disagree with you on something. There's got to be something. <laughs> I think soon there'll be something, and I'll just change my view completely and pretend, and then something. <laughs> well, I had to I had to do something. But I I, I tend to agree with you. I don't know if it's in the the rules or something on you know. Section eight, subsection four, where there's a cowback, which may well be the case, but yeah, I, th- I think a tied result would have been a fairer result. Yeah, I feel a bit sorry for Jess Eaton. I mean, she's she's had an absolutely sensational um, season, and she's basically effectively won the premiership by by a tie, but she actually hasn't because. The other jockey rode more seconds. I think that's complete rubbish. But anyway, maybe that's just me. Well, I'm going to give you an early mark. You can enjoy the day with the family. There's, um, I don't know what you're going to do today, but I'm sure you'll do something positively. Yeah, we'll be uh, changing nappies and uh, all sorts of things. <laughs> be terrific. Good to have you back uh, this morning and look forward to your company right through the spring. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Great to be part of the show. Ed Norris from News Corp joining us. Of course, still winter. You wouldn't think it's so in Brisbane, though. It's going to be 27 or 28 degrees. It'll be a few degrees warmer in Darwin tomorrow, but this is their big day, Darwin Cup Day. Jared Daffy from the Tab is joining me online. Morning, Jared. Morning, David. Just on the premierships, uh, in the last hour, we've actually opened up next season's premierships. So, uh, Jay Mack, $1.50 to win in Sydney, ahead of Tommy Berry at three fifty. Brisbane, Ryan Maloney, $1.80. Jimmy Byrne, four fifty. Kyle Wilson, Taylor at six. Adelaide, which is the topical one. Todd Panel two fifty. Jess Eaton four. Uh, Baron Vorster at six. Opperman seven. Holder eight, and so forth. And in Melbourne, Jamie Carr a dollar eighty. Craig Williams at four. Damian Lane nine. So they've only just opened. So it'd be interesting to see which way punters go early. You've enjoyed a few Darwin Cups in your time. I enjoyed a lot, and uh, I've always said to anybody, if you haven't been, you've you've got to get there. And it's not just the cup day on the Monday. You've you've got to go for the week. You know they have that mm. uh, the meeting on the normally on the Wednesday, but there's so many social activities to to get involved with. Uh, we've got um, yesterday we had the Palmerston Sprint, another exciting finish there. Normally tonight would be the Darwin Cup Greyhound final. It's been put back a couple of weeks. They had some track maintenance there, but they've got uh, the Chief Minister's Cup on there tonight and uh, plenty of Queensland. And WA representation there, big prize money. I think it's fifteen thousand to the winner there, and it all culminates tomorrow with with an eleven race program. If you don't mind, well, I reckon it. I reckon this is the first time it's been eleven. I'm sure it was that it used to be ten races, but I thought it was. Uh, and actually, I forget what he said yesterday. Um, either Craig Sand or Steve mentioned that. And last year, due to COVID, etc. I think they had 10 or 11 or maybe even 12 on Cup, that cup Day. I must admit, I've forgotten about that. But 11 races is a pretty heavy campaign for anybody who's going to be there all day. Well, the Great Northern Darwin Cup is race 11. Take us through the market. I'll go down the page because there's been a bit of movement here since the market was finalised uh, several days ago. Now, one chaotic 
17 to 26, two Noir de Rue, 16 into 13, three Heavenly Emperor for Steve Brown, seven out to eight. That sprinter that Steve had yesterday in the Palmerston was back for an absolute fortune, started favourite, couldn't keep in touch, was motoring home at the finish, but uh, he wouldn't take one there if he didn't think it could win. Four, Dan and Roman, the ex-Japanese uh, sprinter stay at 26 into 18. The favourite is five, I Am The Fox, for Gary Lafoe, 360 out to 420. Six, highly decorated. It's got a picket fence beside its name, including a win over I Am The Fox at its last start, 480 out to five. Pagman, uh, it's a dirt track performer of note, six out to 650. Reserve Street, 16 out to 18. Casino, 17, again for the Lafoe stable. It's had a couple of runs on the dirt, so it's acclimatised now, 750 into six. Ash Gray, uh, which my son and his mates own, uh, just beaten in the cup last year, but I don't think he's going well enough to, to uh, keep up this year. He's a $61 pop. Trident, 15 into 11. Lotion, big win on the dirt there last start, 12 out to 17. Budget King, another one of the Gary Lafoe runners, solid at 12. And the 14 coin collector, 10 out to 11. So a fair bit of movement there. Uh, I'd, I'd say I'm the Fox will start favourite, but there's a few breathing down his neck. Yeah, 420 the field, I'm the Fox the favourite, but you've just gone through those prices and there's you know, quite a cluster there around that 6 to $12 mark suggests that it's going to be a good betting race, or it is a good well, betting race. Well, it is. I mean, aside from uh, our horse, Ash Gray, he's a $61 pop. The rest are sort of uh, 21 or shorter. Uh, so it's a race, or Kionic's 26, but it's a race that's clearly got a lot of depth. Tactics are going to be key to it, David. As we know, it's such a huge advantage to to lead at Darwin at any point in time. But this is uh, this is different gravy. The two thousand and fifty metre cup. They tend to take off at the six or eight hundred metre mark. And if you're suspect at the trip, you, you are found wanting there. And more often than not, the winners are the ones that are storming home down the outside. It'll be a fabulous race. It real really will be. But um, it's going to be a, an, an interesting race because there appear to be so many hopes. Worth pointing out, too, on Radio Tab tomorrow morning. Big Darwin Cup Day preview with Greg Radley and Andrew O'Till. Normally the, the press room segment, they'll talk to all and the Jared major Daffy. players. And I was coming to you. All oh. the major players. And then, of course, the big preview, the in-depth preview with Greg Radley, Andrew O'Till and Jared Daffy from the Tab. Yeah, now what we'll do tomorrow is what we would normally do on a Saturday, Dave, is go through the whole card, uh, the prices and any major moves across there because uh, money is key. Uh, you know, we, we've got horses coming from everywhere for the day uh, and obviously a lot of them on the back up from Saturday as well. So looking forward to being part of that coverage tomorrow. And, of course, you'll be there. And I don't know whether you mentioned it at the top of the show, but another fabulous tipping performance by yourself yesterday. <laughs> another five. Uh, five on top. But uh, you went the M-word, moral, and it's saluted. As if, I'd, got... as if I'd mentioned it. You don't think I'm vain, do you? No, well, I didn't think you would, no. uh, but uh, fabulous tipping again yeah. yesterday, and your fan base is growing by the hour. Yeah, we've got the double figures now. <laughs> oh, don't Just, I reckon. <laughs> Just, I reckon. Thanks for your time this morning. Thanks, Dave. Jared Daffy joining us from the tab, and yeah, big Darwin Cup Day preview in the morning, and of course, the 11 races throughout the afternoon. It's their big day, and I'm sure it will be a big day for them. Look, thanks for your company this morning. Great to have you back. With past the post, we're looking forward to, well, it's still winter, a month to go, but then right into the spring, and Ben Dorries will be with us each Sunday morning. Past the post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Go and have a look at that website, archerparkracing.com.au. You'll find out everything there. Have a good day. Do the best you can. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.